Hello, and welcome to Check It Out at EVPL. A podcast from your local library. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm your host, Ellen. And today we're joined by Jamie. Hi. So how's everyone doing today? I'm loving fall. Season has come. It feels like the season. It's making me happy. So as Jamie said, uh, fall weather has hit us. And we're so happy for that. And when things start to cool down, the spookiness gets hot. So yeah, today we're going to be discussing spooky things. Our goal today is to create a library ghost, and hopefully we will have a dramatic reading for you a bit closer to Halloween. I have some questions that we should consider while we are talking about ghosts. Okay. The first thing, what is our library ghost going to be like? When slash where is the ghost from? What is it known for? And what makes our ghost spooky? Well, I could tell you my experience with questioning whether we had a ghost here at the main library. It's not a place my mind generally goes, Mm -hmm. but I will tell you the story. Especially during the shutdown, when I would be working in the building and doing the mail run, I would come up a back hallway that led to the second floor. And as I would go through it and the door would close loudly behind me, even when there was no other people in the building or on the floor, I'd hear a loud, shh. And sometimes I would walk around and glance, as as one of my coworkers here, but it happened each and every time I'd go through that door as soon as the door slammed. I was picturing in my mind a very old school librarian trying to keep it down in the stacks. Well, I had fun imagining what the shush ghost, as I came to call her, would look like. You and I talked about this while we were setting up for the podcast, and I definitely thought you said the shushka. <laughs> no, like, that's that a pretty good name. That would be an interesting name, the shushka. She's an old Russian lady who loved the library (laughs) and wanted to keep it quiet. What do you think? I like it. And actually, I found out something about the library. One of the people who donated money to buy land for the library was Major Albert Carl Rosencrantz, which is a great name. And he was a business owner here in town. He was born in 1842 in Prussia. Oh, okay. And he had a Russian grandmother who taught him to love the library. Uh, His dad was a watchmaker. They moved to America. His dad kept making watches. And then our buddy Major Albert got really into philanthropy once he started doing well. So he did a lot of work for the library. Oh, yeah. His dad, since he was a watchmaker, he was very punctual and expected the same of his kids to the point where he drove his son insane or maybe, I don't know. So a crazy ghost. That that seems especially unpleasant. So in my notes, I have shh, very important, <laughs> and now driven crazy by a watchmaker. Who was OCD, hence he was an excellent watchmaker, but maybe a, a stressful parent. Yeah, this, co- this ghost kicks everyone out when we close at 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real That's reason real. we need you out on time. We don't want you to know what happens if you stay past closing. Well, and that kind of ties into some of the urban legend research I did, where a lot of urban legends are to warn you about something and be like, oh, well, you know, the ghost is going to get you if you don't leave by 8 o'clock. I saw a lot of that in Celtic mythology because apparently a lot of American myths are inspired by Celtic immigrants. And a lot of their stuff is about the fae and like not disturbing the fae or else you'll be drawn to their world and you'll never see your family again. So it's very much 
get in on time. Don't stay out late. Don't go unusual places by yourself. Yeah, like a lot of the uh, urban legends we're familiar with, they do kind of tie into, uh, you know, don't go off with someone of the opposite sex. Don't go for like, you know, private little right. trust. Because Hookman will show up. Hookman will show up. Basically an urban legend that doubles as a cautionary tale. I mean, it's not unlike back in the day when kids would be told that if you don't get to bed or if you don't obey, the boogeyman will come. It's a way of frightening people into submission in some ways. Another place I found out a lot of ghost stories come from is in the late 1800s, well, middle to late 1800s. A lot of people were self-medicating with very strong drugs such as opium and cocaine and chloroform. That's where kind of the supernatural America myths all come from. Great. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah, hard drugs. Yeah. Well, it explains a lot of the stories we grew up with. Yeah, and it very much explains why they're so weird. Because if you can't see straight, of course you're going to think things are just disappearing. And that's also a pretty good cover. Like, say your wife comes home and you just had a cocaine vendor and you knocked the favorite teapot off the stove. And it's like, well, I didn't do that. The ghost did. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't order these 35 things from Amazon. The ghost did. Someone hacked into our computer. Now it was the ghost. <laughs> so no one should do drugs, but you get ghosts that way. Okay. I, I like where this dare commercial is going. <laughs> there were over-the-counter treatments that didn't only contain the drugs you mentioned, but like poison. Like there were skin treatments to have that perfect complexion with that arsenic works. in it. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. It was uh, easily explained why your husband unexpectedly died because somehow some of your face powder got spilled into his coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, it wasn't the wife, it was the ghost. Exactly. Yes. Well, it just kind of reminds me of like people like Jack Karasak, who uh, would be like a kid in a candy shop every time they announce a new type of medicine because he's like, ooh, can this get me high? And that just kind of seems to be like the prevalent attitudes mm -hmm. back in the day. That's true. Especially during, like, prohibition and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, adults aren't that much different from children. Tell them they can't do a thing and they'll find a workaround. So do either of you guys have a favorite ghost story? Now, are we talking personal experience ghost stories or favorite urban legends from when we grew up? Let's say either or. Mm. There, there was... An incident that happened to me when I was a kid, I don't necessarily take it seriously, but I still cannot explain it either. So I was young. I was at my aunt's house with my two cousins, and it was literally a dark and stormy night. And so we had been in this room that had this little organ slash keyboard kind of thing because our aunt was, she was very anxious when storms would roll in. So we would be, everything would be unplugged because she was always worried about lightning and electrical things. And so we had gone down this hallway. It was a very dark, long hallway. Sounds like I'm making it up. This is really what happened. And we get to the hallway and that organ that had been unplugged suddenly, just like in the ultra old horror movies, went dun 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 dun. <laughs> and I ran. I'm not even sure my cousins heard it. They just saw me running and they ran too. And that is the entirety of my personal experience ghost story. I still don't know what happened. So um, there's several I can think of right now they're over by vincent's there's the i want to think it's called the purple head bridge mm. and that kind of had a widespread urban legend around it i don't remember it specifically but basically like if you drove over the bridge and just 
stopped your car, turned off your lights, then you would hear like a slight scream. And then when you look down, you would see a purple flowing head just going down oh, wow. uh, the river. And so, of course, we tried that one of time. Of course you did. Someone lost their shoe. <laughs> But did you see a ghost? No. Any purple heads? Uh, no. 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 It was a it was a Nike shoe too, like Jordans. So like a nice yeah, that that that, <laughs> that, that when that happened, he's like, guys, it's over. Ghost hunting trip is over. I'm going home. <laughs> there was in my backyard. There was like a sleigh hill that led into a bit of a uh, a creek. Follow the creek for like 15 feet, and you would come across what us five and six year olds back in the day called a cave. The cave was basically just an indention made by people who had built up the hill with a bunch of uh, rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like, ooh, like it's been here since <laughs> since the prehistoric times because, you know, caves meant old stuff right. to us. Uh, and so we always would make up random stories when people would uh, be over at my house for a sleepover. We had a guy one time who was basically like a Freddy Krueger analog, uh, but instead of uh, knife hands, he had a really sharp rake that uh, because, you know, he got sick and tired kids jumping into his leaf piles. And so he <laughs> weaponized his rake and came <laughs> after kids. And for some reason, he ended up in the cave behind my house. I don't remember that part of the story. We had some woods behind my house when I was little, and we definitely had bobcats. And so we would sometimes find like small animal bones. But <sighs> being like ten years old, you're like, no, that's a human. <laughs> <laughs> that's a human. And so we definitely had some ghost stories about the woods, the spirits who lived back there and would like kill the children who played in the woods. That's not scary. <laughs> Did you guys ever, like, uh, talk about ghost stories at your schools growing up? Because I think everyone had, like, either real, what well, not real ghosts, but, like, manufactured ghost stories that kids would make up or, like, something that got passed down over the generations. My school was boring, and we did not have that. We had the story of a pencil that someone threw in the ceiling of the auditorium, and it was too high to go get, and so it stayed there for 19 years. That was our big story. <laughs> oh, I was literally waiting for the, the, the pencil in this case to drop, and it yes. did not. Okay. No, it just stayed there. <laughs> uh, we, I mean, we always had uh, cases like, oh, someone died down in the, the boys' locker room, drowned in the shower, something like that, or like... Like, you know, a teacher went crazy one time and killed a bunch of kids, buried them out in the cornfield, which we were surrounded by cornfield. And cornfields <laughs> are like uh, daunting when you're a kid. Yeah. Because you're just like, I, I could disappear in there. You could literally get lost yeah. being a child and being towered over. So what about our little ghostly creation so far? We got shush, shushka, shush, shushka, shushka. Shushka. Now, I, I went in my mental image with a female, but do we want to make Shushka male or female? That's hard because I like both the idea of a very classic librarian with the tight bun and the button-up collar. And I also like the idea of just an old-timey dude with a monocle and a big mustache. I don't think he would shush. I think he would go, see here, or something like that. <laughs> so I, I'm going with the lady. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sir, we are inside a building. Uh, I like that idea. Okay, so we have crazy librarian who was driven crazy by a watchmaker. So what is our ghost known for? Keeping things quiet. So what ghostly activities do we encounter when someone isn't being too quiet? I mean, the classic is like books flying off the shelf, as anyone who's seen Ghostbusters can tell you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. A slamming of a door in which there are no people. Uh, What about like weird rhythmic 
tap sounds. Well, I mean, that was what the old seances back when spiritualism was very popular in like mid 1800s to the early 1900s. They would listen for raps and they would ask the spirit to communicate with them by tapping and rapping. Mm. I think though, if it's a clockmaker, it shouldn't be tapping. It should be the click of a oh. of like a pocket watch or a pendulum yeah. swing. Yes, I feel like that was a case. A lot of people would be reporting that there's a bomb in the library. They heard like a ticking sound. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. That would be so bad. Another bomb evacuation when we clear the building. <laughs> it's like our ghost story ends with like, oh, the bomb squad came back again. It's Shushka's clockmaker father. Clock, yeah. So what is it, what if it's her husband? Oh, she thought she could get away, but she could. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. A little generic, but also it's a classic for a reason. I mean, yeah, it's it's a reliable trope to have, like, the monster who actually turned out to be the victim. Okay, so did we settle that our ghost is from Russia? That's why it's called the Shushka, right? Yes. That's where I'm going. Okay. Uh, also, sorry, I thought of another fun little incident they could do, because, you know, it's old-timey, uh, loves, like, uh, you know, pneumatic and mechanical things, so it unplugs your iPhone when you're charging it. Because it doesn't <laughs> trust electronics, it just, because yes. it wants it. <laughs> Uh, and while clocks uh, okay. left our hair messes with electronics okay. yeah unplugs things i i want it to be a very mundane thing just like so you come back and like oh no my phone's only at 50 percent after two hours oh no the clockmaker struck again it rearranges book displays according to their own tastes rather than what was originally put out oh this is not a proper display, and then yeah. they correct it. Let's see, you're trying to read this uh, Amy Smart biography. Good luck fighting in the 100s. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all the missing books go. <laughs> Sometimes when I have been in the stacks and looking for something specific, I will see something wildly in the wrong place. And I always pull that item out and go, is this some sort of pop quiz? But maybe it was just Shushka testing us. I like the idea of them just like constantly messing up with the system, but we need to add like another element to the background if that's going to be like another thing they, they're fond of doing, I feel like. Perhaps they were alive before the Dewey Decimal System was widely used and they don't approve of this new fangled system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the husband was the, the clockmaker correct that's where we're at that's where we're yes, going I think okay. that's where we're going. so then a very and, difficult person to live with yes because they are rigorous and always on time and sticking to a schedule so in response the ghost wants to generate chaos that's her passive aggressive pushback yeah against this controlling husband yes so i'm gonna put this out of order <laughs> you, you she wants people to stop relying on things stop relying on your phone to be charged stop relying on the the library system to point you point out to where a specific book is mm. what if her favorite place to get away from her husband was the library and so she remembers the original layout and thinks oh, that it okay. should not have changed that's right that was her safe haven so she wants to reconstruct the haven that she remembers <laughs> So then, do we want to tie that in with the one of the older, like, Carnegie libraries? This is the thing that I have trouble with, because we do have eight locations now. Mm -hmm. And so I think we need a way to make it tie into all of the locations. Is it two or three of our locations were originally Carnegie libraries? 
was two were, and then there was a third one that um, closed down a long time ago. Okay, yeah. Okay. So I was right either way. <laughs> so in case anyone doesn't want to just look it up, it's East and West are both the original Carnegie libraries. Okay. They're still uh, active today. So are you suggesting you want this ghost to be able to just transport around? I kind of like that idea because then you can have a ghostly experience at any of our locations, but I do also get that frequently ghosts are tied to one place. Here's here's how we could shift that, perhaps. The husband knows the wife escapes to the library, and so she shifts branch to branch in order to avoid him tracking her down. I like that. That's great. That's good, yeah. Does she leave anything behind, a calling card, as it will, to let people know where she's been? How much do we want this ghost to be able to interact with tangible things i guess like she's unplugging things so yeah very very hands-on with the tangible yeah (laughs) rearranging displays i just have this scene playing out where someone's just kind of walking down between like the two main stacks there and you just see a random book just very gently just get pulled out by thin air and just kind of like bobbing up and down the air as it gets (laughs) floats down to the hundreds and gets placed right next to the uh, iPhones for dummies. Well, and it wouldn't necessarily have to be tangible. It could be the scent of her perfume. Right, yeah. Jamie, have you written a horror novel? (laughs) You, you, you're really, you're really good at this. (laughs) I will, I will consider some fan fiction maybe someday. (laughs) Hey, writing is writing. I, I like the idea of the humming. Because it's it's more menacing than perfume because especially now with everyone having such strong allergies, like it just causes people to sneeze and can't really get too scared when you're in the middle of a sneezing attack. How do we spell shushka? S-U-S-H-K-A. Yeah, that's exactly why I did when we were workshopping that. Is there anything else we can give her like a distinct image or do we want to kind of leave that open? Well, we didn't really decide on a specific era. I mean, we're, we're like, oh, it's old-timey. Right. There's also a lot of different eras that exist in old-timey. Probably early 1900s. I was thinking 1890s, 1910s, so that's right in that era. EVPL, as we know it today, was established in 1908, and our first locations were opened in 1913. So that kind of fits with that time frame. And we need to make sure there were at least two branches. Because that's also part of the thing. She was going to different ones. So east and west were both opened at that time. Okay, so they were kind of built almost at the the same time. Carnegie Libraries. Yeah. All right. So who has encyclopedia knowledge of the years 1908 to 1913 in the Evansville, Indiana area? Isn't that when World War One was happening? World War One happened. Nineteen. Yeah, not, yeah, the 19... It was in 11, those teens, after 13, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, so this was right before World War One. How did she die? She could not take it anymore. So on a bitterly cold, blizzardy night, she fled into the darkness, heading toward her safe haven, and died with her hand on the doorstep of the library. And then she ate a clock. I'm open to other I like it too. Options. No, I, I like that. <laughs> I think that's great. The, like the running twist. off in a blizzard. It's late. It's old time, so there's no street lights. And... Exactly. Yeah. She just made it, crawled up the steps, and died with her hands on the doorstep. Her last words were, I haven't read the latest Jules Verne yet. <laughs> Well, and that brings me to another thing. If if you want to uh, appease or calm this ghost, 
in the library when you think she is near. What do you do? Do you get out the latest published Jules Verne book and lay it out for her? What do we do to make her feel at ease so that she does not start disturbing things? Yeah, I guess reading the classics. Stay away from the Kim Kardashian biographies. Yeah, yeah. That would be probably very unsettling. I think if you can match the tune she's humming along to, that would be good. Ooh, some old-timey music played very, very softly on the phone. Just bring it up on Spotify, some music from that era. Turn it down really, really low, and she'll be soothed. But she hates technology, too. Well, we'll just kind of tuck it. She'll think it's just some (laughs) band off playing in the distance. Hide the phone. She'll just hear the sound and be calmed. Okay, so we have information about her death and her being driven crazy in this terrible relationship. What was she like before that? I feel like we need her early life details. Oh, yeah, because you need, like, you need to build up to it. She had a loving mother and a stern father. Her mother passed away when she was 14 years old. Her father insisted on a proper marriage, even though she had dreams of doing something else up in this unpleasant marriage that she couldn't escape. And the husband was a watchmaker. And the husband was a watchmaker. Apprentice to her father. Oh, there you go. Yes. So there was just no escape from her. Her one escape was her mom who understood her when she passed away. Her mom who taught her how to read. Yes. Yes. Her mom who would go on walks with her to the library so they could get away from the cold sternness of their home. We have to be careful about that because then if we're thinking she died in like the early 1900s, We wouldn't, she wouldn't really be going to her library with her mom if it wasn't open yet. Yeah, but other libraries existed. There were private libraries. Oh, private yeah. libraries, that's true. And, but it was like, I can see this happening. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said, my best friend is a man who has a book I've never read. And so you could see this child who'd love to read, borrowed from neighbors, borrowed from friends. And then one day... An actual proper library is built in her area. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that moment of nirvana that must have felt when she walked in and had access to all these books on a level that she'd only had to borrow bits and pieces from before when she wanted to remember her mom? That's another thing. It wasn't just escaping dad or husband, but remembering mom. Gonna make it awfully suspicious if, like, a year from now, like, a book. <laughs> gets published by Jamie. I will credit is... <laughs> inspiration by Aaron and Ellen. <laughs> there you go. Give us a cut of those royalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be so big. <laughs> so I think we've got a solid profile here for an effective ghost. So what we're going to do next, like we said before, is we're going to uh, record a very special episode where we're going to do a reading about this ghost. So be on the lookout for that around Halloween. Now, uh, I'm going to kick things over to Jamie because she's going to share with us a uh, book club that she's working on right now. Yes, I work at McCullough Library over by Washington Square Mall, and we are starting a new book discussion group. It will begin October 13th, which is a Wednesday at 6 p.m. The first book we'll be reading, which will be handed out at that first meeting, is The Thirteenth Tale by Diane Setterfield. Since it's October, this book has got some gothic fiction kind of vibes to it, and I felt like a very good seasonal read. So come, introduce yourself, um, pick up a copy of the book, and then we'll be meeting again the next month to discuss that title and then pick up a new one for reading. That sounds like a really fun discussion. 
Do you have any other recommendations for fall for those of us who can't make it to your discussion? Oh, well, autumn is my favorite, favorite time of year. So I always uh, choose something new to read that I have not before as far as in October, something spooky. So this year I've decided I'm going to read The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins. I've, it's a classic. It's an older book, but I have I really enjoy classics. So I'm going to pick that one up and read that for myself. Um H.P. Lovecraft, of course, is a real famous author for anything with a creepy vibe. Um, again, with my tendency toward classics, I read a tale of Edgar Allan Poe of some sort. And I find some spooky movie I have not yet watched. I'm still determining what that's going to be this year. So I am um, going to read uh, only The Only Good Indians by... Um, Stephen Graham Jones. Mm. Uh, looking forward to that. A book I picked to avoid the other one I always have ambitions to read, but uh, it's The House of Leaves um, by uh, Daniel Labrisky, I think. Um, yeah, that one is always on my to-do list, but I think I'm going to go with uh, something that's a little more digestible given my schedule right now. And, of course, you know, go ahead watch all the classic horror movies, uh, and as my niche thing this year, I've been um, replaying uh, some classic survival horror games from the bygone area of PS2. What about you, Mom? I am very much looking forward to the new graphic novel by Maggie Tadoka Hall and Lisa Searle. It's called Squad, and it is about an all-female group of teenage werewolves who seek revenge on those who have wronged them. I, yes, I, I thought that's what you were talking about. I, I forgot the name of it, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that one as well. And I, I don't tend to watch spooky movies, but definitely every October I have to watch Hocus Pocus at least once. That's a great one if you're looking for something maybe a little bit more kid-friendly that's not quite so scary. I'm going to throw out one more book that I've been considering. It's kind of not in the spooky, but spooky adjacent. It's called The Final Girl Support Group by Gladys Hendricks. And you know in the classic slasher movie uh, and horror book uh, movies, there's that final surviving girl this is the final girl support group it's all the final girls together in a group as they process whatever traumatic thing they experienced as the last survivor of their group of friends i read one of his earlier novels my best friend's exorcism hendrix is uh, he's he's a great horror novelist i recommend checking out his entire collection yeah i misspoke that's the name I was looking at and said, Gladys, it's Grady Hendrix as the author of the Final Girl Support Group. It's no problem. I have probably butchered a lot of names today, but hey, if I don't look them up, then I'm not corrected. Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. writers right mm-hmm. now. He's mm-hmm. really good. And he's a huge nerd when it comes, I say that with love, uh, he's a huge nerd when it comes to like uh, classic uh, paperback horror novels. In fact, there's a uh, book he has in the nonfiction section that is uh, basically a history of uh, paperback uh, horror novels. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just grateful to have you two to improve my spooky recommendations. Happy to help with that. 
Absolutely. So thank you for your time. And thank you, Jamie, for joining us on this special episode. I really enjoyed brainstorming with you guys. Oh, it was a blast. Definitely a fun process. And don't forget to keep an ear out for our bonus episode, which will be The Legend of Shushka. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's going to be so good, guys.